Sellers and Makers podcast brings the community to you. We talk to small business owners about work, life, and everything in between. Subscribe to Sellers and Makers podcast so you never miss an episode. Hi, and welcome to Sellers and Makers podcast, a place artisans can come together in community. Brought to you by Everything Embroidery Market. I'm your host, Hope Dale, and... I'm Christina Schulman, and we are here today. <laughs> Today's been a challenging day, but we're here and we're ready to uh, conquer the day. So before we get started, um, I just wanted to make sure that I mention Everything Embroidery Market. If you're not um, already signed up, registration is open and we are so excited about that. So the next show will be in Lafayette, Louisiana, March 3rd through the 5th. And um, we have an awesome lineup of vendors um, and over 50 classes ready for you guys to learn everything that there is for garment decorating. And we're so excited. Um, so make sure you head over to eemshows.com. Check all that out. And um, we'll see you there. Okay. So now that the business is out of the way, today we have the opportunity and we're so excited to speak with Mr. Jeff. Fuller, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so happy that you're here. Jeff, you do a whole lot of stuff. Um, why don't you just tell us what it is, what you, um, part of the embroidery nerds, yep. you are teacher, you are all the things. I see your awesome embroidery machine in the back. Tell us, tell us who Jeff Fuller is. <laughs> well, uh, my name's Jeff Fuller. I've been doing embroidery about... I don't count the COVID years sometimes, so I have to think a little while, but I want to say it's been about six years, somewhere in there. Yes. Um, I started out with a single needle uh, Genome Memorycraft 400E. I moved up to a uh, Ricoma 1501. Uh, then I went to a Happy Japan uh, 15 needle, and now I have the Happy Japan, and I've got a ZSK Sprint 8 sitting over in the corner. Yeah. Um, I'm co-founder of the Embroidery Nerd. That was something we started two or three years ago, uh, mainly focused on education. Um, that's me, I guess, in a nutshell. Color Embroidery Works uh, is my company where I do digitizing and embroidery. Uh, the Embroidery Nerd, we do uh, education. And then I'm also, uh, I help manage my son's business, uh, BJJ Hats. Yeah. Um, because he's too young to have a social media account. So I get to do yes. the social media platform. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into that. So I had the opportunity of meeting you at Applicate Getaway, um, mm -hmm. which is an awesome show that we do with our my other company, that, <laughs> with Love That Cotton. I'm a vendor there um, every year as well. And mm -hmm. um, you were teaching alongside your son. So yep. tell us, he's got his own business. Tell us about that, because how old is he? So right now he's 11, mm -hmm. um, at 10 or nine, 10, maybe <laughs> he started his own business, uh, BJJ hats. Uh, he, it, it all started. It's kind of funny. We wouldn't, when I was practicing and learning how to make hats, we would make him hats to wear to jujitsu that were jujitsu themed. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where people were noticing that he was changing hats every now and again. 
So now he has about 25 hats that he wears a different one every day to see people comment on him wearing a different hat. And he decided that he wanted to start up a company one summer and do that. So he started his company. Uh, we were, me and Justin were actually in a competition uh, of 3D Puff on um, hats. And me and Adam were looking at a way to creatively win, as we like to call it. <laughs> Uh, and we found a video of where somebody was showing how to make a hat um, from scratch. So we went through the process and we did that. And Adam really liked it. And he took some old jujitsu geese and he turned them into hats. And he really enjoyed just building the hat from, you know, you, you start with a, a sheet of fabric and you end with a completely assembled hat. Yeah. And so now that's something that he does with his business as well is uh, people can send him their old jujitsu geese that are torn or damaged or something and he'll cut them apart and turn them into a hat for him. Yeah, that's awesome. That's and really cool. It really is, isn't it? I love that. <laughs> that is so cool. And he's 11. Yeah. <laughs> 11. And he's, he's got a big personality too, which I absolutely love. I've seen him on some of these podcasts with you and he's always like, Hey, <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's fun. And you guys, so you guys taught a class together at the mm -hmm. AG and, um, was that his first class to be a, a, one of the teachers, I guess? Yep. So that was his first class ever that he taught. Uh, he did a really good job in it. He put a lot of work into it. Um, and he had a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, he really enjoyed um, going there. He really enjoyed teaching. Uh, I want to say he spent two thirds of his summer working on that. And then right after that, he ended up getting COVID. And so we really didn't get a summer vacation, but he had a lot of fun doing applique getaway. Uh, and he actually is doing a class right now in virtual applique getaway awesome uh, oh, right. on digitizing for freestanding lace so he's really into all of it and really enjoys all of it okay so he's that's awesome digitizing too look yeah. <laughs> that's amazing yep. so, and i love that you encourage him to do those things you know yeah. um it's it it seems like a true partnership you know this is my i'm dad i'm this is my son and we work together but you clearly have fun while you do it and it you you are teaching him that you can do something that you love and be successful and still enjoy it and still make money and <laughs> it's very empowering i think that's awesome i'm i'm still loving the the fact that you're repurposing the geese like i it's just such a neat idea. I don't know. My my son just got into Taekwondo. So I'm thinking we're going to have a lot of these. And um, yeah, you and just, know, we just have them, one. Yeah, you'll send them over to Adam. Yeah, and exactly. So That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> get a hat. I'm sure, or like, it. Master Kevin, that's his teacher. Like, I'm sure he has a ton. Like, I don't know. Then all of a sudden, my ideas. That is an awesome idea. That is. Incredible. I'm very well, excited for y'all. <laughs> and with, with jujitsu, people, you know, they, they get emotional attachments to inanimate objects. Let's put it mm -hmm. that way. Um, and a lot of times with geese, they'll use them until they tear. Mm -hmm. Um, but the one that they just tore might be the one that they got their black belt in. They got right. promoted in or, you know, they, they won their first tournament. And so they don't throw it away. They put it in their closet. 
and it right. stays in their closet for 15, 20 years. And right. now he's given them something that they can take that and they can have it, it has they, a, new a new use for it, that they can still have that attachment to it. And it's something that they can use. So it's, it's an interesting it's, business strategy. Yeah. And it's like those uh, memory quilts, like out of the t-shirts or out of a loved one's clothes or the teddy bears and all of that just has a different life with the hat. I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Obviously I'm, I'm excited about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of him. And, you know, I could talk about him for days and hours and weeks because he does a lot and he's really good at what he does and he's really dedicated in everything that he does. And that's um, huge for a kid that age. Yep. So he, this is his, uh, the Reggie nominations just happened. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure this will uh, air after the Reggie's, but yeah, yeah. This was the second year he was nominated for the most influential up and comer in the industry. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's a category of people under 40. Yeah. So he's going to be able to be nominated for a while, but, you know, at 11 being nominated and 10 being nominated for something like that, that's a big deal for him. He, he's really, is he's proud of himself and the work that he puts in and I'm should be. even more proud of it because, you know, I, I help him along the way and I get to see the progress that he doesn't necessarily see. I get to see the reactions of people's faces when he does things. And I mean, when we started, putting his videos online, we, he started his company and he started making some hats and people didn't believe that it was him sewing them. Mm -hmm. And so we sat down and we went start to finish of him sewing an entire hat, creating an entire hat. And it went viral on Instagram a little bit um, in the jujitsu communities because people were just amazed that here's this 10 year old doing something that not a lot of people can do. Yeah. And he's made enough money that um, we have, he has, three sewing machines that he used to create the hat and two of them uh, he owned. That's awesome. That's He's incredible. able to reinvest back into his company and, and pay for things. And um, he learns the money management from his mother because I'm an impulse <laughs> shopper. Um, <laughs> hey, it, you know, so I feel like that's every relationship. <laughs> yep. There's one that you can't put in the candy aisle at a grocery store. And there's yep. the one that you can. I, and not be put in the candy aisle because I will come back. <laughs> that one. <laughs> That's me. I have there, a problem. There's usually a conversation when she's waiting on her kids. Like, please just talk me out of going and to go get candy. Well, Every like, day. Yeah. It's like I have to have the conversation. And then like a day like today, where it's been a day, I eat candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to judge. I do too. Oh, I will say I still have a bucket downstairs of Halloween candy. So I do eat that until it's gone. Well, well, the kids do too, not just me, but yeah, yeah. no, you hide it. Hide yeah. it. It it's is, yours. it is hidden because <laughs> then they'll just think that they can eat it whenever, which. Right. They well, go anyway, all nuts. You, I'm, I would be so proud too. You know, yes. as, as a parent, to see your kids succeed and really enjoy what they're doing and, you know, be someone who's nominated like mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's that's something that anyone would be excited about. And yeah. then to say that he's done it now, you know, been nominated two, two years in a row. That's you have a very awesome kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's fun when other people talk about him like that too, because, yeah. you know, your proud parent moment steps in yeah. and you're like, I say these things too, but it means more coming from someone else. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it speaks to, to you because he probably wouldn't have started without seeing you and having the support from, from you guys. And so I think that's awesome. He sees the embroidery nerds and he sees you guys going out there and living your dream. And he's like, you know, he then feels empowered because you lead him that way. And so that's amazing. Um, so let's talk. So you, you said embroidery nerds is primarily education. How did you guys decide to do that? What, what, what took place that, um, how did the cookie crumble? (laughs) What was your journey? I mean, I, I sometimes describe it as a series of unfortunate events because it <laughs> seems so unlikely that you just wouldn't expect any of that to happen. Um, but back when I very first started embroidery, um, I was in the Recoma Facebook group and they had just released their software and I was okay at digitizing. I wasn't great. But a lot of the people were looking for help in that specific software. And one day one person said, why isn't there a specific group that's just for the software? Because they have their machines group and they didn't have one for their software. And all the software questions were getting buried. And people agreed that it was a good idea. And the comments basically said that we would like that, but nobody knows how to start a Facebook group. I said, okay, well, that's not hard. Um, so I started a Facebook group and that was actually, it's the Chroma digitizing help group. It's the name of the software. And after I started the Facebook group, the next questions came of, well, how do we digitize? And so I said, okay. <laughs> and I went in there and I'd start going live and I would do digitizing. Um, and my friend, Matt Enderly, who co-founded the embroidery nerd with me, he, uh, me and him were talking and we talked about, you know, maybe trying to structure the education a little bit. And I had one of the members, um, of the Chroma group reach out and he said, Hey, I've got this YouTube channel name and I've never done anything with it. And I think it'd be really cool if you guys used it and put your videos up on YouTube. And that name was the embroidery nerd. And so he transferred the embroidery nerd uh, it's actually Embroidery Nerd, not the Embroidery Nerd. He transferred that name over to me uh, on YouTube and we started uploading our videos. And that's kind of how it was born um, until last year sometime, maybe a little bit longer, COVID years. I don't remember. Hey, yeah. It's all over. Um, they all roll into one. <laughs> yep. Uh, a while ago, <laughs> we uh, we decided that we were actually going to make it a structured company. We turned it into an LLC, and then just recently we added two more members to the LLC, and um, we've been working on a lot of exciting things. We're excited to put it out there, and but we can't talk about it yet. <laughs> <Hush, laughs> Top secret. We're excited for it. Top secret. Yes, we can put yes. seal that in an envelope till you can open it and announce it. <laughs> right. I mean, part of it, like Matt, he is really good in uh, development with. Uh, websites and programming. And so one of the things that he's done is he created a a website called threadconverter.com where you can convert between thread colors. You can match an RGB, a hex thread color, and it even 
Uh, it treats Pantone like a thread, but you can match Pantone colors to any thread awesome. library out there and it'll give you that's cool the closest by a percentage and it gives you, I think, 15 results or so. And so you can actually visually pick the one that matches the closest. It's it's a really cool tool that he developed. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's so going to get rolled awesome. into a few other things. And a few other things are the things I can't talk about yet. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we won't push, but I can't wait to see yeah, what happens as it unfolds. <laughs> I know. That, I mean, just that thread converter. That's awesome. Okay. So this is like a very side note story, but we were cleaning out our garage this last weekend, or maybe it was the weekend before. Again, it's just been a blur recently. And my husband found, I'm like, I've got some, uh, what's like the Pantone cards where they're all together. The, what's it called? Like the oh. paint swatches. Kind like of, a, yeah. Like deck? Yes. Yes. Deck? yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So he found it and he was like, what is Pantone? <laughs> and I was like, colors like it's like the universal and i was like oh no and he's like so is it trash and i was like no no don't throw it away <laughs> oh it just made me laugh so i think for the rest of my life anytime i hear the word pantone i'm gonna be like not trash but that's mm -hmm. amazing you know how many people are gonna um yeah, use that yeah it's that's awesome. i i use it a lot um the amount of math that went into calculating that is insane I bet. He, he ran into math symbols and he's like what's that he had to go google <laughs> what yes. that meant because he's never seen it before um and the way that it calculates is actually a lot more accurate than software it doesn't just take the rgb value and match the closest numbers um it matches it, it like plots where that is on the color wheel and then does a radial search off of that yeah, yeah that's so, so it's really I, cool that yeah. sounds amazing i i have no idea like how you even do that type of math but that sounds <laughs> insane so that's I my everything. very accurate <laughs> <laughs> yes so i'm the color person my my husband's the math person so maybe he could chat with you and you could be like see we've done this thing with the colors yeah. and he would be. Oh, that's a Matt conversation because <laughs> I don't understand that. You know, I went, I, I have a college degree and none of those math symbols were covered in any of the classes. I <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know what? Um, I think you're not alone. A lot of us don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't even know. What was your degree in? Uh, video game programming. Oh, so, okay. So, so mine was animal science and I don't play with animals all day like I thought I would. <laughs> right, right. I took the degree with the least amount of math possible. So it was broadcast journalism. Oh, there you go. One, one math class. <laughs> and you're using it right now. I do. I actually like use my degree now. For a while there I wasn't, but there's a lot of stuff that I use with it. But I'm like, <laughs> I, uh... what, what can I take the least amount possible? Yeah, we, me and my wife, we moved to Iowa and we didn't plan on staying here. We, we honestly thought with her degree that we were going to end up on the East coast or the West coast and there's video game companies on the East coast and the West coast. So I got my degree in video game programming and then we stayed in Iowa where there are no companies. <laughs> oh, no. But I would like, that That'd would be, be like a very remote type of job too. Like you no, could do remote. 
they want you there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they want uh, you there. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot that goes into video games, and they have deadlines. And usually, that by the time they hit the deadlines, people are sleeping at the office. Um, there's just not enough time. Yeah. So it's definitely something that they would want me there, but um, I don't know. It's okay. I don't need that degree. <laughs> I do embroidery instead. But that's, it's funny how life, you know, it, it ebbs and flows and changes and you have a trajectory in mind and that's not always how it happens. Or sometimes like one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. And it's like skipping a rock down a pond and you end up on the other side and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> But I feel like a lot of people we've talked to, there's quite a few with like programming type backgrounds that do that they started digitizing and then they went in from there. Um, yeah. I feel like that path is whether or not it was whatever programming they were doing, they were definitely working computers and then yeah. they started digitizing. I think the digitizing is, in, at least for the embroidery field here. Um, the digitizing is the natural progression for someone yeah. who does, did programming or does programming yeah. currently just because, you know, the terminology and it comes more natural to you. You're like, oh, I understand that. I can I can create the sequence. I can do all those different steps. Obviously, I'm not a digitizer, so uh, <laughs> I can appreciate wonderful yes. digitizing. Um, I am a consumer of digitized products, but, um, it's over my head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and it's becoming a lot more common that people are digitizing because the price of software has come down yes. a lot. Um, it used to be, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 to get the program to digitize. And yes. now you can get in under a thousand. Mm -hmm. And so a lot more people are trying it, wanting to do it and trying to learn it. And that's where the embroidery nerd comes in is we're helping those people that really want to learn it, understand what they're doing. And it's not so much, you know, the how to do it, because I think anybody can sit down and you can you can figure out how to draw a circle. Mm -hmm. um, but if you draw a circle, you're going to get an oval. And so you have to understand the why you do things differently in the software to get the object that you want on the end. And it's it's getting that understanding. Some people pick it up right away and some people don't understand why it doesn't look exactly the same as it is on the screen and it's more difficult for them. So that's yeah. really, when we teach on the embroidery nerd, it's not, we're trying not just to give them the how to do it. We're also trying to give them the why you do it this way and what happens if you don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about that a lot. I think in general, that's just a, a helpful thing because anyone can, you know, in theory, do something. But if you don't know why, if you try and change that step-by-step -step direction that you um, got for this other project, if you're trying to tweak it even just a little bit to suit your needs, if you don't know why it was done in that sequence or in that, you know, that order, then you're not going to be able to do it. You have to know the why behind it so that you can um, make it your own. So... <laughs> Okay, so I you when we first started talk, chatting with you just now, you listed off all the embroidery machines, like where you started and to where you are now. Uh -huh. I'm just curious, which one is your favorite and why? 
<laughs> is that a loaded question? We don't have to answer. I always have. Um, I like to talk machines, so we don't. No, that's fine. I I can talk machines. I, I I enjoy that too. But generally, when somebody asks me which machine is your favorite, uh, it can I have they they do each do something extremely well. Yeah. Um, I really like the Sprint Eight ZSK that I have right now. The color change is insanely fast. Um, it starts and it runs very quickly, and it doesn't ramp so with stitching if everybody that does this knows it's when your stitches start getting certain width the machine slows down so it can actually make that movement and with this one everything that i ran on it so far i started at 1200 stitches or a thousand stitches and it runs the entire job at that speed it doesn't slow down it does it just goes which is really impressive the uh I actually ran the same design on on the Sprint 8 that I did my Happy, and the Sprint 8 was done three minutes earlier um, in a 12-minute design. So That makes a big difference. It's huge. You know, crank out orders. That that makes a huge difference. Yep. We had to do – I had to do 22 beanies and 32 hats, and I ran the hats on the ZSK and the beanies on the, the Happy. And the ZSK finished first. Yeah. Um, so it's just, the it, it's impressive to watch it run at that speed and not slow down. Because yeah. I've never seen that with the machine before. Yeah. Usually they slow down and big jump. And even, the, even when it ties in to make the initial knot, it's like two slow stitches and then it's a thousand stitches. It doesn't speed up. It just wow. goes. So, so when you, you know, like I have a brother and it's like, me, 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 you know, it doesn't do that. No, it's like, boop, boop. <laughs> oh, yep. I want to come play. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. And then they added the, uh, this machine has the fast color change and the fast trim. So when we first saw it at a trade show, me and Matt went down to uh, to Dax in Kansas City, and we were standing there, and we were talking with uh, Liz from Graphic Solution Groups, who I got the machine from. And we were talking with her, and I wanted to see the machine trim, and I wanted to see a color change. And I was listening for it, because you always hear the machine yeah. slow down and then mm-hmm. start back up. Mm-hmm. And by the time I heard it stop and I turned to look, it was already going again. I missed the trims, and I had to actually <laughs> sit there and watch it until it trimmed because just in idle conversation talking with somebody it moves so fast that you didn't notice it yeah and I'll, I'll be honest with you i'm still not quite used to it because when my happy stops that fast there's an error there's something there's a wrong. problem yes yeah. and so when this machine's running and it stops that fast i turn my chair around because i'm like okay what's wrong and it just mm-hmm. it keeps Nothing. going so that's awesome seriously if for someone who's wanting to mass produce something that's like it's key because at it's the end of the day, if your machine's not running, you're not making money. Yeah. And one of the things you do in a design is you try to reduce the number of trims that it has. And the reason is, is the lower the number of the trims, the faster it runs because it takes longer to trim than it does to run through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when your machine trims faster, you're just adding that production time back in and, yeah. um, I mean, I don't price based off of the speed that it runs. I basically yeah. <laughs> price off the speed that yeah. one runs. They don't need to know I'm right. getting it done faster. Um, but it's been really nice, and it's it's helped me catch up on orders that I was behind with. And 
Um, I'm sure. I mean, three minutes off of a 12 minute, like that's insane. Like, yeah. It's, it's a big difference. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of people, when you said that's compared to a happy, like a happy, you know, that's a step above some of these others as far as speed goes. Um, you know, like you yep. said, each, each machine has its pros and its cons. Um, you know, some, some have to use a, a separate computer. Some have a, a um, it built-in computer. It's more user-friendly, but like it's going to be a little bit slower and maybe not as commercial. You know, there's so many different things to look at. And so you're right. Um, when it's it's hard to compare one versus another unless yeah. you're saying, you know, this is what I'm trying to do with my machine. You know, it's a hobby machine. And I have this budget, and this is my my wish list. How many things can I check off? That's, um, you know, a, a lot of people will ask like, which one, which one should I buy? Yep. What's the best machine? And is, that yeah. is a loaded question because, honestly, you can make money with any machine. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it, it's the best machine is the one that you can afford that gets you started in the business yes. that that yep. allows you to make money, and. You know, there's always going to be the Baird and the Tajima, the ZSK, the Happy. You, you know, the, those are the machines that are made in Japan and Germany. Mm-hmm. And to me, they're going to be a higher quality machine than some of the other ones that are out there. But if you have to get, you know, a less expensive machine to get you started to where you're generating enough money that maybe you can upgrade and maybe you won't want to because you like your machine so much. But really... Yeah the best machine is going to be the one that you can afford that that's going to do what you want it to do and generate you income. Absolutely. And then you can always upgrade later, you know? Um, And by the time you're ready to upgrade, you'll know a little bit more about your wish list. (laughs) You know, I just wish that I could do this or I wish, or I don't, you know, I know it has this feature, but I'm, I know I'm not going to use that, not for my business. So it's not important to me. So, right. Um, and you don't know what you don't know until you get started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the happy, I, I love their controller mm-hmm. because it is like a home machine. It's very intuitive, touchscreen, easy to use. Mm-hmm. The ZSK's controller is clunky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but the machine performance makes up for it. It's, it's mm-hmm. checks and balances of, of what you really want to get out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was saying. You'll, you know what you need. If, if speed is what you need, (laughs) you know, you may be okay with a little bit clunkier um, computer part portion. Yes. Interface, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, But if you are okay with a little bit slower production time, you know, but you need it to be super, super user-friendly, you might pick something else and that's totally fine. Um, And I, agree with you. There are some people who it seems like you when you know, um, start with one and then you're not super brand loyal. You pick what is what you need at that time, which is great. And then there are other people who they are very brand loyal. You know, they start with one and then they just add another of the exact same machine and add another of the exact same machine. And now they've got five running at the same time because they're comfortable with that, which is totally fine. <laughs> there's, I don't know that there's one yeah. right or wrong way to do it. It's to each their own. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why there's so many different machines. I mean, if there was just one way to do it, there'd only be one machine, but there's all these different, I mean, it's like, you know, picking out a car. It is. 
It's, I mean, if I could pick you know, a paint color, I'd be even happier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe one day they would let, yeah. you know, you could get the online customizer. custom yeah. paint job. Yeah. yeah. I like to like, name my machines and I'd like have it yeah. big on the side or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Vinyl wrap it. There yeah, you go. Know. That's what they should do. They're doing that with uh, like KitchenAid mixers and stuff. They'll be, the, I see them vinyl wrapped all the time. Um, you know, kind of personalize it. I feel like that would <laughs> yeah. be, I'd be scared to, like, it have, It would have to come to me. Like wrapped. Wrapped because it's, yeah. it can't be like a DIY. I'd be afraid I'd get a piece yeah. somewhere and now. Now she doesn't stitch right, and it's my fault because I wanted to make her pretty. <laughs> yeah, and that's a fear is when your machine breaks down, okay, it can be expensive to fix. It can yes. be very expensive to fix. Yes. Yeah, for so sure. don't vinyl wrap it at home. <laughs> yep, we are not suggesting you We are not suggesting that. <laughs> they should do it at the factory, a customized option before they put it together. Just a suggestion yep. for all those factories out there. Yes. However, if you, if you decide to do it and you're successful, I'd love to see a picture, but just don't <laughs> do it because we said to do it. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> oh, man. We do not uh, condone it. No. <laughs> hey. We're throwing out the disclaimers already and we're yes. only 33 minutes in. So <laughs> just know everyone that... Uh, just you do this at your own risk. Exactly. Own risk. And if yeah. it breaks it, your technician is going to love you. Yes. And then you're right. going to not tell them that it was because Christina said you should yeah. wrap your machine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I'm like picturing myself getting a phone call. Like, did you tell someone? Wrong? <laughs> no. I, I don't not. think the phone call is the one you got to worry about. It's the subpoena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, stop right there. Not going to happen. We're willing this not to happen. Okay. okay. Change of direction. How about fuller embroidery works? Um, okay. So what do you, you're obviously still producing stuff. You're not just digitizing and you're not just teaching, which I say just like any one of those things are a full-time job. So that's why you're amazing. <laughs> but what about uh, fuller embroidery works? Tell us what you do there. Um, everything. Everything. <laughs> I, <laughs> and there you I have mean, it. When you're a one person shop. It's, it's everything, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I actually got into embroidery because uh, I collected embroidered patches. Um, and my son, you know, we were putting him in daycare and I had a job, actually. I was working at a gas station um, at their main office and I was on the team that pushed all the software out to all the computers in the, mm -hmm. at the different stores. And ultimately it came down to my entire paycheck was going for daycare. Mm -hmm. And we weren't around and, you know, every time you'd be sick, I'd have to miss a day and it just it hit a point that it was more financially viable for me to be a stay-at-home dad. Um, and so that worked great for a, a year or two. And then he went to school. And I ran out of things to do while he was at school. Mm -hmm. And I collected embroidered patches. I like embroidery. I didn't know a thing about it. I went out and spent a lot of money on an embroidery machine and software and whatever else the salesman told me that I needed. 
Um, I wish I'd have had better advice back then, but um, I, I started, I sat down, I got some files that I auto digitized and didn't so great. And I started making patches and selling embroidered patches. And I upgraded from a single needle because as you guys, I'm sure you're probably aware if you started from one, when you have 15 color changes and you're making a hundred and something patches, sitting at a single needle embroidery machine is not the funnest thing to be doing, <laughs> popping out threads all day. Because you uh, have to sit. <laughs> yep. You have to babysit <laughs> and change. Yep. So then I upgraded to the Ricoma because I wanted to be able to do hats and I couldn't do that on my flatbed machine. And, you know, I added hats and I do polos and, you know, I, I just do, I have people come to me and they say, I need X, Y, Z and I make it happen. And if it's outsourcing for some type of garment decoration that I don't do in-house or um, setting them up with what they need here, it, it's enough that it keeps me busy and I don't have to go looking for work, um, which is, you know, it, it's a bonus. And it, it brings in money that is more than what I would have been making if I still did the gas station job. Uh, because I'm not paying that to daycare. Mm -hmm. And I mean, now that he's 11, I guess I could go back and have a job, but I mean, why would I? You I can do, do have what a I like. Job. You <laughs> do have a job. I mean, a, a real job. <laughs> it is a real um, job. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what I do. I do it for my house. I, I'm my own boss. I can stop and go pick my kid up from school. Right. I can, I can go to his activities. I, I have that freedom to be able to do all the things that you want to do as a parent that a lot of times you're too busy to do because you're working. Yeah. And I mean, think about had you not made that decision, you wouldn't have empowered your son to do what he's doing now. Yeah. You know, trickles down. It, it, it's great. Um, his computer that he digitizes on is sitting right next to me. Uh, he's 11 and I, he has free runs on the machine. He knows how to loop everything. He knows how to set color changes. He knows how to, um, he, he knows how to run both machines and I'm comfortable. You know, I've got, let's just go with a $40,000 mark on machines here sitting behind me and he can run them mm -hmm. and I don't have to be here. I don't have to watch him and I trust him enough that he's not going to break them. Right. So it, it's great that he's down here. He's with me. He gets to see what I do. I get to see what he does and he's, he's creating. I mean, just two weeks ago, he took a baseball hat and he put the word thinking on it with a little loading sign on it. And he was wearing that to school, seeing how long it would take before somebody said, Oh, look, you're wearing a thinking cap. <laughs> how long did it take? A week. A week. A week. And, then started, and then people started noticing it. And so he's, he's excited because he can do that. And, Nobody else in his school can say, I sat down, I digitized that design, I embroidered it on a hat myself, and now I'm wearing that at school. Yeah. Um, and and that's really cool. And even for his applique getaway stuff, he's he made a bunch of freestanding lace files that he put on his website uh, that people can go purchase. And it's just, it's not something that you'd expect from someone that age. Yeah. No, I mean, wise and... Um, motivated and um just a whole bunch of adjectives beyond his years 
<laughs> you know, um, I've got a 10 year old and an eight year old and you know, lots of them. They just keep going down. But my oldest is 10. And while it, there is very, there are very few things that would capture her attention um, enough to follow through the way he does. Um, actually, I don't know that there is anything at this point that would, she would like, there's a lot of things that she gets excited about, but it fizzles with time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not that way. It seems, it seems like he, the excitement continues and continues. And um, we love to do projects together. We do a lot of projects together, all of us, but that is incredible as an 11 year old to take on and not be afraid to try something new. Right. I'm sure right. teaching like that was a scary thing to be like, Oh yes, I'm going to teach. And then he did it, built his confidence and he's going to do it again and, or is doing it again. And um, you know, I mean, that the funny part about that is he was just like, yeah, I'll go teach. And the whole time, like I'm freaking out as a parent, we're, <laughs> we're up there going through his slides and all that stuff. And, and he's just like, yeah, we're doing this. Like it didn't, it didn't shake him at all. It didn't. Yeah. Well, he's he uh, just doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like yeah, completely natural for him. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's because he's seen you do it that he has that confidence and you taught him how to use the machines and it's part of his upbringing. And it really so it's really just second nature to him at this point. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to knowing it. Anybody can be nervous and you can struggle. And I do sometimes too, you know, you get ready to go live on Facebook or you sit down to do a podcast and you have that little moment that comes over you. But really, if you really know what you're talking about and you really understand it, that moment will fade so fast yeah, because yeah. the first question will come out and you'll open your mouth and the words will just start falling out. Right. Right. I mean, and I mean, I, that's very true. I mean, I was, I am someone who is like scared to death to publicly speak. <laughs> I just naturally, like, I love people, you know, and I, I can do fine socially and in, in groups, but like public speaking makes me want to like run away. <laughs> um, and so these podcasts, not, not so much the podcast, but the Facebook live, the, the first podcast, let's, let's be honest. Yes. All that of one was. <laughs> the first podcast was hard and the face my I remember my very first Facebook live I sat down to like do it and then I got up and then I sat down to do it I had to like talk myself into it and then once we were live it wasn't so bad and then the next time my talking myself into it was a little bit shorter <laughs> and now like not to say it's easy but I don't at least for podcasts, they're not live. We record them. We pre-record them. I, you know, I'm not even worried about it. The only thing that makes me worried is that a child's going to come in here and be like, "Mama," and that happens. But mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it's not as big a deal. And so the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you're right. If you know what you're talking about, that just makes it that much easier. Yep. It also goes to show sometimes you just have to put yourself out of your comfort zone and just do it. <laughs> I mean, if you put yourself out of your comfort zone enough, eventually out of your comfort zone becomes your comfort zone. Right. And you go a little bit further and then maybe you're doing in-person events and mm -hmm. 
then maybe you're doing large classes and then maybe you're doing a workshop. It, it all starts with that first step to progress. Yep. And I see so many people that are afraid to take that first step. Yeah. And once they do, they regret not taking that first step sooner. 100%. Every time. Yep. Well, and that's, and that's starting your business. That's going out and buying the equipment that you think you need or asking someone it's, it's all of it. It's that first step that everybody, once they do it, they're like, man, why didn't I do that sooner? But it's scary and making a change is huge. And is that, you know, is it just a change in a hobby? Because maybe that's a little different, but is this, you know, something that you're trying to make a business of and you're changing how your, you know, finances are for it or how your life's going to run? Like, those are huge steps that are scary. But once you make the change, there's so many times that it is, it is good. And mm -hmm. it helps you, you know, even if maybe that first step wasn't the right one, it might not be, but it gets you where you need to go eventually. Like yep. I mean, one of my favorite quotes, I don't even know who's, who it says, but Adam has a sticky note on his door that says you never fail because fail is your first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. And he yep. has that sticking on his door. He sees that every day before he goes out to yep. attack what he's going to do. And I, I think that's big is, you know, it may not work out, but you yep. learn something from it. Right. And you take that and you do it for your next attempt at something. Well, and yep. a lot of times it's a stepping stone, right? Right. You know, when you first started, you probably didn't think you'd be doing embroidery art. <laughs> no. You know, um, you probably just thought you were going to make patches. Yeah. And here you are, you know, it's it's yeah. evolved and changed over the years. And um, you also probably didn't know you'd be working with your son, <laughs> you know. No, I didn't. Ex I didn't plan on that one. You know, and <laughs> that's, sure. it, that's amazing. And. Again, if you hadn't taken that first step, you wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't be where you're at. And had you not be, been willing to maybe do some pivoting along the way, you still may not be where you're at. So it's always about that next first step, you know? Right. It, it's adjusting to what you need to adjust to. And when the yeah. pandemic hit, I stopped doing a lot of left just logos, mm -hmm. avoided mass production pickup. Yeah. You know, it, it's recognizing that the market's changing and moving with it and knowing that you're going to screw up. Because I, I honestly, when I bought my first machine, I sat down, I stuck the fabric in the stabilizer and hit the start button and it screwed up. And there were some rough days in the beginning when you start because they don't tell you that you're going to have problems. They make it sound like you're not. You're going to hit the start button and magic's going to come out every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard when you're first starting because, you know, you, you just invest, you know, six. I, I want to say I spent six thousand to get into this um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I listened to the salesman um, <laughs> and the first month of trying to learn that machine and learn how to do this. You know, it was just constant failure mm -hmm. and it gets hard and it gets tough and you get discouraged. And you're sitting there and you're wondering, you know, what's going on? Why am I not good at this? Look at everybody else that's good at this. You know, people don't share their failures. If you go online and you look on my Facebook page, you're not going to see the 20 hats I threw away on my very first hat order because I just mm -hmm. couldn't get it. 
you're not going to see the hours of me sitting in my machine just questioning why in the world I ever started doing this. You're not going to see the um, the tears sometimes that, that come with with everything that you do. You're not going to see that. You're going to see the perfect item that I was able to produce because I'm proud of it. And I want to show that off. I don't want to show off, you know, me crying like an ugly hot mess. Mm-hmm. I don't want to show off my garbage pile <laughs> that is yeah. sometimes bigger than I want it to be, you yeah. know. But I think the biggest thing that if you're going to start into this industry, and I don't care if it's screen printing, sublimation, direct to garment, direct to film, direct to, I'm sure there's others, um, you know, UV printing, all of that stuff. You're not going to start any of these and you're not just going to instantly hit the ground and be money's going to come in. You're going to have to work for it. You have you're, going to to. Have, you're going to have your struggles. You're going to have your failures. And it's important to know that when you're having those, that you're not alone. There are places you can go. You can go and ask people, you know, we have the embroidery nerd. If you have questions there, you can go there and you can ask your questions and you're going to get advice from people who are posting those perfect pictures. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be getting the advice of how they got to that point. Mm-hmm because their failure is going to tell them this is what you're doing wrong this is what you need to change because they went through that learning experience too yeah they you know just, why you did it wrong because they did it too yeah yeah and and i think that's really important that, that people know and understand that that you're not alone you're not the first person that messed up a garment everybody goes through it it's just not it, nobody really shows that on the internet yeah. they're trying to gain business they're not trying to show everybody how bad they messed up something. Well, that reminds me, we talked to um, the sassy suburb and she talks about her, her 40 club or it's something like that. And it took her 40 cups to yep. get one. Right. And she's like, but y'all saw it. You see that this happens, but on that 40th one, I finally got it right. And I can tell you everything that I did wrong before that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved that. She's so honest about that. And she's like, I don't want you to do that, but yeah. I can tell you all the things that I've done wrong and what worked. Right. And, and let's be honest too. Even if you are now a seasoned pro, yeah. you still can make a mistake. Yeah, you know, I can't happen tell you how many times, like I own a blanks company. I monogram stuff pretty much every day. And I'm like, I'm at, you know, I'm in front of my machine and then I'm like, hey, uh, I need you to send me another shirt. Pull that from me. Take it from inventory because I just messed it up. Like, I mean, two weeks ago, I put a birth announcement on a cubby upside down. It happened. You're like, well, and now my dog has an excellent toy that she absolutely loves. And (laughs) I ordered another one and somebody else has a perfect cubby. But. Yeah, I didn't take a picture of the one I messed up <laughs> yeah. upside down and posted on the internet. I mean, it looked nice. It was just upside down, but I'm not yeah, going to, yeah. I'm not going to throw that out there. You know, people, yeah. you just have to know that everybody else has went through the same mistakes you have. And absolutely, the best part about you asking your question and having an area where you can ask your question, like the embroidery nerd or, mm-hmm. you know, some of these other Facebook groups is you're going to learn from other people's mistakes, which is absolutely. invaluable when you're starting. Mm-hmm. And to know that you're not alone. And most of the time when someone has the courage to ask the question, there's 10 people or more behind them that have the exact same question, but didn't have the courage to ask it. Yeah. They're like, yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Or you (laughs) didn't realize that you had the question and then you hear someone else say it and you're like, yes, 
that? That's what I need to know. Like I was having that problem, but I didn't realize it was that problem. <laughs> I mean, I still, honestly, I remember the very first time that, and and this is actually what changed my digitizing career and going into this. I was doing a design. It was my first one on a hat and I'd been working on this thing for hours. And I, you know, these were expensive hats. Side note, embroidery is expensive. Order a lot of extras. You're going to throw them away and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd ordered a lot of these flexits hat. I was making two of them. And I was sitting there after five or six hats down the drain. I'm sitting at my machine. I'm just bawling. And I, mm -hmm. I felt so alone in the world and that there was nothing I could add, add nothing I could do. Mm -hmm. And I posted, I finally drew up the courage to post in a Facebook group. And uh, Louise from Vitor Digitizing, he took that and he goes, I, I know what the problem. Can you send me the art? And I sent him the art. And he digitized it live on Facebook. I watched him digitize it live on Facebook. He gave me tips on how to do it at the end. And, you know, I was at the point that I was like, I'm going to throw this machine in the dumpster. I just mm -hmm. can't do this anymore. Yeah. This is too much. Mm -hmm. And and he just, he did that for me for free. And he showed me what I was doing wrong. And, you know, just that, just one person caring and helping, you know, it, yeah. it changed my career in embroidery. And I'll always be grateful and I will never forget him. He, he's yeah. one of my closer friends and, you know, he'll always have that special play, place in my heart because he saved me when I was at that brink at that point. Right. And it, it's hard to ask for help, but man, I would have right. saved so many hats if I'd asked for it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Don't so be afraid to ask for help. And I feel like this industry, especially, everyone is so helpful you just sometimes have to ask like yeah. you it's not that they don't want to help you it's that you just have to ask the question and i feel like there's so many people that come out of the woodwork to answer the question um yeah. depending but on it and the skill level but i feel like everybody is wants to help in this industry and we're all like in it together and and everybody's happy to help well and i don't i want to say too like if you have the courage to ask a question and someone's nasty about it, that doesn't mean everyone is, you know, there is plenty of room in our industry for all of us. And if, if you hit a point where you're like, I'm at a wall here and I don't know what to do. And you don't feel like you were met with, you know, Elise that was able to help you along your way. Um, there's someone else that that just means yeah. that you're maybe asking in the wrong spot. Maybe that means go to embroidery nerd. Maybe that means come to an in-person event. Maybe that means take an online class or um, maybe there. I just want to say, don't, don't give up just because you hit one hard point. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you invested and let's just go out there. You invested thousands of dollars into what you're going to try and do. And it's not the, the learning how to do it part is not where you should be going cheap. You can buy a lot cheaper machine and spend a yes. lot more on education. You'll be more successful. Yes. You know, ultimately you have to realize that buying that equipment was just the first step. There's mm -hmm. going to be a lot more expenses after that. And nickel and diming sometimes is just going to send you out of the business. 
Right. And sometimes, or I, I, not sometimes, all the time it's evolving. So maybe there is a little bit better technique or a little bit, you're, you're now stitching on a different stabilizer. There's something that you can do, or you have a little bit faster machine. There's something that you can do to learn to increase your productivity, make things easier for you. And being willing to continue your continue your education so that you are moving yourself along and your business along is always a good thing. You know, there's always something to learn. Um, and that's amazing. So I'm going to take that moment and do a quick little plug again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, EEM shows. Uh, the next event again is in Lafayette, Louisiana, March 3rd through 5th. We have those digit some digitizing classes. We've got business classes. We have vinyl, sublimation, um, P-Press. Um, I don't even know. Why is my brain blanking? Help me out, Hope. I'm like, yeah. yes, we have those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have all of them. Again, yeah. it's been a day. I'm sure you guys have Lisa Shaw. Right. Yes. She's an yes. amazing educator and yes. does so for in brilliance and her yes. sew bubbles page, which has a very, very big following. She's a mm -hmm. great lady. Uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet her in person. You're going to have Ramona McKee, yes. um, who I know very well. She's actually one of the moderators for the embroidery nerd group. Um, she's amazing at what she does. She has a lot of knowledge in her head. Uh, you're going to have Nikki. Uh, Look at you! You know, you you must have memorized our schedule. You, I, I haven't, but See, but you knew I had it somewhere. Um, it was right there. It was just underneath. I I know the people yeah. that are going to be teaching at your at your place because they've talked to me about it, and so I know who's going. And um, you guys have a hell of a lineup, and yeah. it's going to be well, awesome education, and it's definitely worth. The price, you know, if, if it costs you, I don't know what your guys' admission ticket is or what you're charging for class, but it's it's worth it. I don't even know what they're charging, and I'm already telling you it's worth it because I know the people <laughs> are teaching, and I know the value that they're going to be bringing. Yes. No, but seriously, we take a lot of time to try and curate a list of vendors and instructors that care and they know what they're talking about. And they want to do that little bit extra to make sure that you're comfortable with what they're presenting, right? They're not just gonna throw together a class um, and hope that it sticks, right? They they yeah. care, they care about you learning what you came there to learn. And so, you know, a lot of these people will say, if you go home and you're, you know, you're trying the new technique that we learned in class. And you're having trouble reach out you know you took my class i want to help you i want to make sure that you're you're actually comfortable with what we went over and um i, I think that says a lot you know and, and we have a lot of vendors and teachers that come every year every show and and they believe in this and and it's also more than just the teachers and vendors which we wouldn't have a show without them for sure but it's all of our attendees too that you you're able to learn and connect and network with them also, because each one of those people that walk through the door, whether you're an attendee, vendor, or instructor, has some sort of experience in the industry, and they learn something, and you can learn from them. So, um, and we're all excited. It's a fun time. 
<laughs> and it's going to be my birthday. My yes. birthday is March 3rd. So there I'm excited. <laughs> I wouldn't want to spend it with other people except you guys, you know, people that enjoy the same thing I do. So um, make sure you guys head over to EEM shows, check out the full lineup and sign up right now because we want to see you there. And Jeff, let's talk really fast. Where can everyone find you? So the easiest way to find me is to go to the Embroidery Nerd Facebook group. Um, you can also join our Discord channel if you're into Discord. Uh, it's embnerd.com forward slash Discord. I'll get you the invite to it. Um, or the Embroidery Nerd on Facebook, YouTube. Um, you can look up my personal website at Fuller Embroidery Works if you'd like to. Uh, and if you're interested in what Adam's doing, you can look him up on social media at bjjhats.com or at bjjhats on Facebook and Instagram. And he just started his non-BJJ specific company, Atomic Number no. 9 LLC, that he is uh, going to be doing more of the teaching and stop design stuff. So that's mm -hmm. everywhere that you can find me and my son. Incredible. That is awesome. We need I'm to get those links on, on here too when we post this. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> yes. Okay, Jeff, right. thank you so much thank for taking you. some time to chat with us. Um, I can't wait to see all the good things that are coming. The the yes. top secret stuff <laughs> we got going on. Very I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'll be watching. Not creepy all right. at all. <laughs> I mean, thank you guys for having me. It, it's been fun and I'm, yeah. I'm glad I can be here. Awesome. Thank, you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yep. Follow us at Everything Embroidery Market on Facebook and Instagram for all of our latest updates. We will see you next week.